It is day five of Dafchaf. We are holding the Gemara Dafchaf on the base right in the middle of the Yomad at the start of the new Perak, the start of the new Mishnah. We learned in the previous Perak there are multiple levels of things that can contract Tumma. Starting from Chulin, unconsecrated food at the bottom, up through Master Shani, one of the tithes that are given in certain years of the Shemitah cycle that is brought to Jerusalem and eaten there, Truma, the portion given to the Kohen, then Kodesh, sacrificial food, and ultimately Mechatas, water mixed with the ashes of the Para Aduma, which is the highest level. And we explained that depending on the level, as you go up through the levels, you have to be more careful about something not contracting tumor. We have to treat it a little bit more carefully. Now the Mishnah is going to list 10 or 11 differences between two of those levels, between truma and kodesh. Truma, the portion given to the coin, and the level above it, kodesh, sacrificial food. The Mishnah says, kodesh truma. There are stringencies of kodesh over truma as follows. Number one, When it comes to immersion, of a utensil, we can immerse one utensil inside another utensil to purify both of them for use with truma. But when they're being used for kodesh, we cannot immerse one utensil inside another. The rabbis had a stringency that when it comes to immersion, you can immerse one utensil inside another when it's going to be used for truma or any level below that, but not for kodesh. For kodesh, you have to immerse them separately. The Gemara will elaborate on a lot of these cases, including this one. Number two, the outside and the inside and the tzvita place of a utensil are considered separate utensils with regards to truma, but not with regards to kodesh. What does that mean? So a utensil can sometimes be made in a way that each of its separate parts can function as an independent utensil. So in addition to the inside of a utensil, which is most conventionally used for the utensil, the outside could also be used as an independent utensil. So the Mishnah is telling us that each functional part of the, of the utensil is treated as a utensil in and of itself. So if one of the parts of the utensil was touched by something that conveys Tumah to it, then only that part becomes Tomei. The rest remains Tohar. That's true for Tumah. But when it comes to Kodesh, even if one part of the utensil became Tomei, the entire utensil, not just that part, but the entire utensil, all, the, all its constituent parts become Tomei. And it's important to point out this is only for rabbinic tumah. When it comes to biblical tumah, it doesn't matter whether you're dealing with trumah or kodesh. In biblical tumah, if one part of the utensil became tamay, the rest of it also becomes tamay as well, whether for trumah or for kodesh or for anything else. Now in terms of what it means, beisat svita, the Gemara will define that term. Number three, Hanose es midras. Someone who's carrying a midras. What is a midras? A midras is a term used to refer to an article which supported in any of various ways the weight of a zav, a zava, or a nidah. For example, a zav's shoe. So someone who's saying, holding, carrying a zav's shoe, no ses truma can simultaneously carry truma avalosa kodesh, but not kodesh. Someone who carries a midras can simultaneously carry truma in a barrel made of earthenware, so long as he doesn't bring the midras within the airspace of the barrel, because an earthenware vessel can contract tumma only through its inside, as we've said previously, so we don't have to be concerned that the midras might touch the barrel's outside, that wouldn't make a difference anyway. But someone who carries a midras and wants to also carry kodesh, he cannot also carry a vessel c- containing kodesh. And the Gemara is going to explain why that's the case, but this is clearly a stringency of kodesh over truma. The Mishnah continues with a fourth difference. Big day uchle truma midras la kodesh. The clothing, the garments of people who eat truma are regarded as midras for those who eat kodesh. We explained this already in the previous parak, in the Mishnah daf yudches, 
that every level has to assume that the clothing of people who are only particular about Tum and Taraf or the level below or any levels below, the people on the levels above have to assume that the clothing of those on the levels below are Tommy, originally impure. We learned that and elaborated on that already in the previous Mishnah. Number five, unlike the rule of Kodesh, is the rule of Truma with regards to the laws of Chatzitza. Chatzitza means interposition. That we're worried that something might get in the way of the water reaching the entire utensil. We have to be very careful. People go to the mikvah that there's nothing on their body that gets in the way in between them and the waters of the mikvah. And similarly, when it comes to utensils, the rules are the same. But there are stringencies when it comes to Kodesh as compared to Truma, as follows. Sheba Kodesh, Matir Omanagev Omatzbil Krach Kosher. When it comes to Kodesh, someone who wants to purify garments has to untie the knots, like the loose knots on the corners of the garment, and he has to dry the garment if it's wet, and only then immerse it, and then retie the knots. We're talking here, the Mepharshim explained, about knots that would not prevent water reaching the entirety of the garment. Nonetheless, when it comes to Kodesh, a person has to untie all the knots. Similarly, when a person has got a garment that's already wet, the rabbi said when it comes to Kodesh, it has to be dried before being immersed because the water in the garment causes it to swell, which can result in it becoming bunched in places, and that also resembles a chatzitza, an interposition. But truma, when it comes to truma, you can tie the knots first and then immerse the garment. Number six, Kalim Hanigmarim Batahara. Utensils that were completed in a state of Tahara, remembering that a utensil that hasn't yet been finished cannot contract Tumah. So a utensil that was completed in a state of Tahara shouldn't require any Tvila in a mikvah for eating anything. Nonetheless, Trich and Tvila la Kodesh. Even though they were completed in a state of Tahara and they didn't have an opportunity to, be, to become Tomei, nonetheless, they require immersion for use with Kodesh. Avalo litruma but not for eating truma. Number seven, kodesh. A utensil combines what is inside it when it comes to kodesh. But not for truma. What does that mean? It means if many separate pieces of kodesh food were in one vessel and a person who was tummy touched one of them, all the pieces become tummy, even if they weren't touching each other. They're not considered to be separate and unrelated items because the fact that they're sitting in one utensil gives them the status of one piece. Just like you have a big piece of food and it becomes tummy on one corner, the whole thing becomes tummy, so too here. But when it comes to truma, the various pieces aren't considered to be one unit. Now, clearly though, if they are touching each other, then there will be circumstances in which more than one piece can become tummy. But the case we're discussing here is where the pieces are not t- touching each other. Where they're not touching each other, for Kodesh, they all become Tomei. And for Truma, they do not all become Tomei. Case number eight. Haravi Bakodesh Pasul Vashlishi Batruma. As we explained already in the previous Perik, Truma goes down only to the level of a Shlishi. Truma, if it touches a Shani, it becomes a Shlishi, that becomes Pasul. But it cannot render anything else Tomei. Whereas when it comes to, uh, and indeed, if Truma touches a Shlishi, it doesn't become Tommy, it doesn't become a Ravi, it cannot go down to that level. But when it comes to Kodesh, Kodesh can become possible, can become unfit, even if it touches only a Shlishi, because Kodesh can go down to the level of a Ravi Ilatuma, and that makes it Tommy as well. Uba Truma, case number nine. With regards to Truma, in Nitmes Achas Miyadov, if one of a person's hands has become Tommy, Chaver Totahura, the other hand, remains Tahor. Uba Kodesh, but with regards to Kodesh, Matbosh he must immerse both of them. 
So we're dealing here again with rabbinic tumor because biblically, as we've explained previously, if, even if a small part of a person's body becomes tummy, the whole body is tummy. We're dealing here with a case where the rabbis had certain stringencies of tumor and declared a hand to be tummy, even though the rest of the body is not tummy. And when it comes to truma, one hand can become tummy and require tefillah and a mikveh, but the other one remains tahor. But when it comes to kodesh, both of them require dipping in a mikveh, both of them require tefillah. Because a hand makes its counterpart, the other hand, Tomei, when it comes to Kodesh, but not with regards to Truma. Now this seems to be a superfluous statement in the Mishnah, we've already said that. The Gemara will explain what this is adding. Number 10. You can eat dry foods with contaminated hands in the case of Truma, but not in the case of Kodesh. The Torah says, food can't contract tumor unless it's become mukhshar that means prepared or made fit to receive tumor by becoming a little bit wet it has to be moistened by water or one of the other liquids dew wine oil blood milk or honey from bees and the mishnah says someone whose hands are tummy can hold and eat dry tumor which has never become wet because once it's once an item has become wet and become mukhshar like tumor even if it becomes dry after that it can still become tummy so we're talking about tumor that has never been wet and is not wet now and when it comes to truma, you can hold the dry food. It can't become tummy. But when it comes to kodesh, we have a stringency, again, another stringency for kodesh, that one cannot eat kodesh with dry hands if those hands are tummy. Finally, case number 11. Ha'onen u'mechusa kipurim. An onen and a mechusa kipurim. Tzrichen tevila la kodesh havalele truma. They require immersion for kodesh, but not for truma. What is an onen and what is a mechusa kipurim? So an onen is someone who... A relative of theirs, either their father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, or spouse, has died. And the first stage of the mourning period is called aninus. The person becomes an onain. They're an onain until nightfall on the day that the death occurred. Even if the burial has already happened, they're an onain for that time. And biblically, they're not allowed to have sacrificial food for that day. That is what an onain is. A mechusa kippurim is someone who requires an offering to be brought at the conclusion of their tumah of their ritual impurity status, and they've gone to the mikveh and waited until nightfall, but they haven't yet brought the required offering. So a mechusa kippurim is not allowed to eat kodesh until they bring the required atonement offerings. Now, even after the aninus period passes, and a person ceases to be an onin, or even after the mechusa kippurim has brought his offering, the Mishnah is telling us they can't eat kodesh without first going to the mikveh. And that is true for kodesh, but not for truma. And the Gemara will explain more about this. That's the end of the Mishnah. That's the end of the Daf. We're going to hold it here for the week. I wish you all a very good Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom to you all.